morning and all the time. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to ask, uh, before we turn to service to our associate pastor, I'm going to ask Brother Jordan Carr to put his guitar down, throw it down, whatever you want to do with it, and come up here and stand beside me. Somebody get me a microphone for him back there, if you will, please. He's been home for Thanksgiving vacation, and he probably lives as close to us or home as any of the college kids. And, uh, and of course, he's not a kid. What is a kid? A goat or something like that? But tell us what you're doing and how you're doing and so on and so forth. There might be some folks here that actually do not know that you go to college and actually are passing. Here, go, go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm doing good. Um, I'm at College of the Ozarks, which is down by Branson, um, studying video production. So I've got about a year left after the semester. But it's going good, so, yeah. Yeah, you're studying video production. Is that something to design to take your dad's place or what? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> well, what is video production? Um, well, that's a pretty general question, <laughs> but... <laughs> Well, you're going back, though, for more study. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, maybe in the Christmas vacation you can tell us what it is. Yeah, maybe or? I'll learn by now. Okay. Let's give Brother Jordan a, a good share of appreciation. We, we appreciate We got some more that will be going to college next year, I guess. And uh, we'll catch some of them over the Christmas holidays here as well. And I, I appreciate our young men, our young ladies that have went to college and still serving the Lord. And this time of the year of Thanksgiving, we can just be very grateful for the beautiful young people that we have in our church. Brother Harold, if you'll come. Um, if you were at the youth retreat over the weekend, raise your hand for at least one of the services. We had a, we had a pretty good number of people turn up over there. They had a good time, um, good fellowship, good services, good worship. So uh, we appreciate 21st Street hosting us. And they even fed you yesterday if you got there in time. So um, it was a good time over there, and God was there and moved, so that's great. We just want to make a couple announcements. Um, did you want to say anything about December 4th? Well, go ahead. So, uh, yes, ladies, Christmas parties this Saturday. I know. Um, it starts at 5 o'clock. We will be leaving. Those who want to carpool, we will be leaving at 4.30. Okay? So that means if you pull in the parking lot at 4.30, you're late. Because we're we'll be leaving at 4.30. Um, so if you do plan to carpool, please put your name on the list back there so I don't leave anyone behind and make sure we get and have the right number of cars here. Uh, to get everybody there. So if you are planning on carpooling, make sure you get your name on the list. Uh, gift, uh, we'll do our our game with our gift exchange, $10 or less, or re-gift, and we'll have a good time. 
and fellowship. So looking forward to it. If you have any other questions, you can see Vicki or Doris or me or Tammy or Glenda, any of us. Okay. All right. Um, and then do remember the, the food pantry outside. If you ever want to bring some food, you can drop it either in the pantry or in a box back here in the back or downstairs. But uh, um, I know a number of people have been using that, so that's good and great. I was over here doing something the other day, and a couple people stopped while I was over here. So it's good to uh, – they were taking some things. I think maybe one even put some in there. So uh, it's being used, and, and that's awesome. So um, bless it if you can, or if not, just be praying over it because uh, – we want God to use it and be able to help others. Is there any announcements anybody needs to make? No? We got everything? All right, let's all stand. We'll begin this morning with a time of prayer. Does anybody have any requests they'd like to make known? Tammy? Remember Tammy and her family going through this time of loss? Is there another? Nothing? All right, let's just remember, pray for the service here this morning. Let's all pray. God, we thank you, God, for this morning, Lord, and this uh, time we have here together, God, to um, just gather together, God, and to uh, worship you here this morning, God. We know that you know each heart, God, each and every need, God, those that weren't mentioned, Lord, we know that uh, you can be the answer in any situation, God, to each individual, bring peace and comfort, God, to those in this time we need it, God, a healing touch, Lord, to those not feeling well, and I just ask that you be with them in a special way this morning with Tammy's family, God, and suffering this loss, Lord, we just ask that you would be the comforter to them, God, that you would help minister with them up at this time. To their lives, God, and that um, when they be affected by fear in this situation, Lord, that they be comforted, God, and we just ask that you be with them and give them a special blessing, God, during this time. Minister to the pastor here this morning, God, we ask that you anoint his words, that he would bring forth what you have, God, and that you would just minister through him and, Lord, help us to hear and receive what you have this morning. Continue to bless, Lord, and um, the food pantry, God, as uh, people use that, Lord. We just ask that it could be a blessing to those in the community, God, and that um, just a way to share your love, God, and to show show others uh, your love, God, and how you are. And thank you for all these things, God. We praise you. Um, just to anoint the rest of this service in your name, God. Amen. We could have a couple ushers come up. We'll receive a fourth Sunday offering, so it's church expense. So anything you give will go towards church expense. And if you need it to go otherwise, mark it on the envelope or check, and it will. So we'll pray again. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, again for this opportunity and just to give here and um, to bless your work, God. And we know that uh, you will bless each and every one, Lord. And we just pray that uh, the, uh, the money, God, will go and be used as you want it to, God, and that you will bless it and multiply it to the needs, God, in your name. Amen.
I speak Jesus. And uh, there's a whole world out there that when we listen to the problems, we can have your own family and different things. And I've said this myself. I have no idea what the answer is, but that's wrong. I know who the answer is, and I may not know how it's going to work out, but I know a God. I know a Savior who is bigger than any addiction. He is bigger than any depression, any anxiety that is out there, and he is our hope. And there is power in that name.
continue to worship the Lord as our pastor comes. you a challenge today to follow me along in the scriptures, and I'm going to read from the book of Jude, and you can select a chapter if you wish, okay? Brother Harold, I did not get this information to you, you or Sarah, but I'm all, I'm in the beginning, I'm going to read verses, uh, begin with verse 4. So it's about 19 or 20, I think. No, just leave it. Okay. You'll, you'll find out why. Nothing to do with your goodness, Joe. This, uh, oh, it's a big mess. We need a towel, I suppose, is what we need. Actually, I need a I need a new left dry shoe. Recently, I discovered I had a pink drinking cup, and Sister Faye and Beverly, Sister Beverly, they noted that I had a pink cup. I did not know it. I know who pink belongs to. Sister Judy provided me with a blue cup, and Brother Harold's pastor this morning broke it, and now it is spilled, and I guess it's Sister Glenda's flop now, I don't know. I, she shrugs it off, and I'm all alarmed about it. This uh, book of Jude, one chapter, that's the reason I told you you could read any chapter you wish and follow me along this morning. Thank you, Sister Lisa. And uh, it's a good thing it's hid up here, or you all just might be crucifying me. Got anything you want to say about that? That's enough. Put your foot down there. We could have feet walking. <laughs> Make it biblical. <laughs> If it makes you feel better, I got my left foot dry. Oh, well, that's well here. In the book of Jude, which is going to be a portion of my presentation this morning, which will be entitled Jude and the Apostates. But I want to read to you first some interesting verses of Scripture that I'm not using 
in the presentation from verse 4 through verse 19. 4 through 19 is what I will be reading. And it is an interesting concept of scriptures here because it actually will help things about the before the world begins, the beginning of the world, during the world, and the end to come. All crowded here in these few verses of Scripture. And so, uh, I'm not going to be preaching on this, but I wanted to read it to set the stage for the other comments that I, hopefully from the Lord, will be able to bless us with. The Scripture says, For there are... Certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, being saved, the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them that believed not. This a particular verse gives an insight to something that we know nothing about. And you might think, well, that's you. Uh, and you're, you're right. But this, this book of letter from Jude, is, we do not know, historians do not know who it was written to except a community of believers. I searched day and night. No, I didn't. But I searched to find out, was this to Israel? Was this to the Galatians, the Philippines, or the... Uh, not the Philippines, but the Philippians, or to the Thessalonians, Galatians, whoever. And we do not know if you even find some people who conjecture, that is, the historians who conjecture, they do not conjecture as to who the community of believers are. Verse 6. Here's something that is very interesting about what Jude is making his point in the book of Jude about. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath revealed, reserved rather, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. What a span of time that that is talking about from from the time that the angels were cast out, uh, Jesus, as recorded in the book of Matthew, said, And I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Here Jude is talking about the fact that these angels were cast out, that they're being reserved. Uh, you don't want to go there. Uh, and nobody's going to sell you a ticket, but they might try to trick you into it, to a place that is dark, and all these former angels are there in chains in darkness. 
Whoopee! Doesn't that sound like a great place to go or stay away from? I think the latter. And then Jude points out, even as Sodom and Gomorrah, the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. This, of course, is when, remember Lot's wife? That's a scripture verse, by the way. When she looked back and she was turned into a pillar of salt. Not pillow, but pillar. Now, this is talking about that, and it's talking about the fact that there is going to be an eternal, not the one of Sodom and Gomorrah, but the eternal flame of fire, which is hellfire. Like also, Jude is comparing the people of that time to now. Likewise, these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, and speak evil of dignities. They haven't changed a bit. The world hasn't, according to Jude. And now he talks about Michael, the archangel, who's contending with the devil, disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuked thee. What a, what a verse of scripture that is. And what a one for history as well. But these, talking again about the people, the community, to the community of believers, and talking about these apostate type people, but these speak evil of those things which they knew not, but what they know naturally as brute beast in those things they corrupt themselves. This is a wild one here. Part of it is wild, I'll put it this way. But it's actually talking about man and or woman having illicit sex. The only kind you can have with beasts or animals. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after in the era of Balaam for reward and perish in the gainsaying of Korah. These are spots, Jude points out to the community of believers, in your feasts of charity, when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear, clouds they are without water, carried about of winds, trees whose fruit withereth, without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. And as John describes, that they're cast into the fire. Raging waves of the sea, foaming out of their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now he talks about Enoch of the Old Testament. And Enoch also the seventh from Adam, prophesied 
these saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints, talking about the end time, to execute judgment upon all, and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Let me tell you something. Jude was not in favor of anti-Christian. He was not in favor of those that were blaspheming and leading people astray. In fact, he unsparingly uses the word ungodly. And then he describes them in another fashion. Now we're talking about today. These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. Where's the Lord in all of that Judas pointing out? He says they're doing it because of their own lust. They're doing it for their own advantage. And so Jude begins to narrow it down and come home to preach. But beloved, remember to you the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there would be markers in the last mockers in the last time who should walk after their own godly lust. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. And that is Jude, verse 4 through 19. And my subject today is entitled Jude and the Apostates. I, I will have to tell you something a little bit uh, humorous because when uh, I write out my outlines and my wife goes to translate my writing, which, of course, uh, I defer my, to my sisters that are left-handed here this morning. we got a few of them. And uh, we, uh, we sometimes have a different trademark in our writing. Sometimes it comes across very strongly and definitely the wrong way to my wife. Because when she read the title, she said, Jude and the Apostles. I pointed out quickly, it was apostates. Totally different words, believe me. Some of the similar spelling, but totally different words. The biblical definition, by the way, of the apostate is to fall away from. And in the dictionary, whether it be Merriam or whether it be Webster's or some other kind. I only have those two. It means to renounce. A very similar definition. You don't find that very often in the Greek and the English, but uh, in this particular case, uh, it's very similar. And so we look at the book of Jude now, the remainder of it, the first three verses, the last four or five verses. We look at the fact of Jude and what he had to deal with in dealing with the apostates to the church community of believers. 
Jude, verse 1. The servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. By the way, he was a full brother of James, and he was a half-brother of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why he does not mention the fact that he was a half-brother to Jesus but a servant is probably the reason that he mentions it that way, that he preferred to think of himself as a servant as opposed to a half-brother. He said, To them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, here's an interesting verse of Scripture, by the way. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. Stop there for just a moment. That's the reason he started out writing. Because he was going to write unto the community of believers about salvation. But he said, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. All right, we have a change of script. The Holy Spirit directed Jude not to talk about just the common salvation, but I want to talk to you, he says, quoting him, I want to talk to you about contending for the faith. The faith that came by the Lord Jesus Christ. The faith that we ought to be interested in and striving for more so than the things that we have just read in verses 9 through 19 or verses 4 through 19. Now then, I would like to point out to, to us today about the faith that is being talked about that Jude is making reference to. And it is proof. We just preface it by saying it is a faith that is to be sought for, strove for, if you please. And we go back to the words of Jesus as recorded by Matthew in chapter 7 of said book, verse 15. Jesus said, Beware of false prophets which come to you and sheep's clothing, but inwardly there are they are raving wolves. I, I think one of the reasons that I felt very strongly about going in this direction that I'm going this morning is because here lately it just seems like we're hearing a lot, and it's a good thing, about the con otters the scams that are out there seeking to mess up your life financially, socially, and spiritually. And Jesus is talking about this as well. Perhaps between Thanksgiving and Christmas and the season of celebration that we are in that know the Lord Jesus Christ, perhaps because of the scams and the economic, oh, the, the tyrant of um, economic pursuits out there to get your money, to keep you from having money, and so on. The same pursuits are out there 
to destroy us spiritually as well. And there's three ways that I'm going to mention the pursuit of these ways to destroy. Jesus mentions the first one, personal direct. Beware of false prophets. They come in sheep's clothing. What in the world does that mean? Santa Claus? No, it's not talking about Santa Claus. It's talking about Christian, quote-unquote. It's talking about church, quote-unquote, leaders, people who are representing the Bible, people who are representing the good things from God's Word and God's uh, teachings. It is talking about this, and Jesus is very... Jesus is very plain about this type of thing. He calls them sheep in wolves' clothing. He calls them false prophets. And he says, but inside they're missing something. And, and Jesus, of course, knew what they were missing. They were missing him in their life and in their direction. He said, beware of them. They're like sheep in wolves' clothing. Now that. I want to go to the Apostle Paul, chapter Acts, uh, chapter 20 in the book of Acts, verses 28 and 29. And Paul is talking about the, the church in general, of how that this same condition applies. And he described it this way. Take heed, therefore, unto all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, the community of believers, if you please, which he, Jesus, has purchased with his own blood. And then, as this particular text of Scripture was written in about A.D. 56, 57, Paul was not to live much longer than this, as he was to lose his head in prison, that is, being beheaded, he said, I know that after my uh, departing, that there will be grievous wolves to enter in among you, not sparing the flock. We think we got all the bases covered sometimes. We think sometimes that we just understand where the front door and the back door is. But I want you to be aware of the fact, and I'm sure many of you are, that there are side doors, there's basements, there's rooftops that the devil can sly, slyly get into. Paul described it in an unusual fashion that he, but he did use the word of Jesus, that Jesus used about grievous wolves. But Paul added something to it that I think is very important for us to be aware of. And that is the sentence, or the part of the sentence that says, not sparing the flock. You see, Satan does not have any prejudice about who he's going to get, but just be able to get them. John, in the second book of John, the second letter of John, verse 7, it's one of those uh, one chapter verse Bible verse chapters as well Bible books is what I'm trying to say, 
And he described it this way. He said, many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Again, we're talking about time without end as far as man's time clock goes. It's going to happen then, now, and tomorrow. It's going to be there. They're going to enter in. And Jesus himself will give us an idea. And oh, this is so bad uh, because so many of us trust those. Uh, and, and we have to trust. And we're, it's right to trust those uh, that follow the Lord and give of the Lord's word. But we have to make sure that they and we and the Spirit of the Lord agree as well. Whatever you listen to may be okay, but whatever you listen to may not be okay as well. We have to be able to ascertain, discern, if you please, by the Spirit, because of the Spirit. Now, going back to Jesus' words again in Matthew chapter 8, Verses 6 and 7. He is talking about the leadership. This is said so often by the Lord that we just need to make sure that we are in the right place. To make sure that we're listening to the right spirit of the Lord. Jesus said concerning these type of people, this type of ministry, this type of church, this type of community of believers, he is saying, but whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it would be better for a millstone were hanged about his neck, and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. You see... Jude was not the only one. Paul was not the only one. John was not the only one. But Jesus, he set the pace by declaring how he felt those deceivers, those uh, wolves in sheep's clothing were considered. He said they'd just be better off if we could take them somehow and put a millstone around their neck and throw them out in the sea and let them go by the way of drowning. And then he added, verse 7, Woe to the world because of offenses. You see, God doesn't want anyone. The Lord does not want anyone to lead astray. It doesn't matter what their age, a child to an elderly, or anything in between, or anyone in between. He does not want them to be offended, deceived, and beguiled and be lost. And then he closes this thought up by saying, Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it, by the way, it, it just behooves us to know and understand the following the Spirit of the Lord of truth. Who said he was the truth? Jesus said, I am the truth. He said, You believe in me, you follow me. My word is truth. And as it is described here by Jesus in Matthew 18, verse 7, Woe unto anybody, he calls it the world, that is a problem for you following the Lord Jesus Christ. It must be, he said, that these things are going to happen. 
How can that be? I don't know, but Judas was part of the crowd. He was a deceiver. He was out to destroy Jesus. And we find that there are those that are in this world today. I don't know what type of collar they may wear. It may be a clerical one. It may be a a priestly one of some type. Whatever it is, if they're of the presentation of offenses diluting the truth of God's Word. Boy, let me tell you something. The truth is going to be the only thing that's going to save you from this world. I I don't care how it's sugar-coated. I don't care how it's programmed, how it's televised, how it's radioed, how it's communicated in any way. The truth is going to be the only thing that is going to save you. Woe! unto the world because of offenses. They're going to come. It'd be nice if Jesus just could wipe them all out all of a sudden. That's not the case. They'll be wiped out in time to come, of course. And they'll be down there with the angels that are left their natural, their spiritual habitat and are enclosed in chains and dark in darkness. They'll be lost. But it must be that these offenses Come, but woe to that man. Woe to that person. Woe to that ministry, that leadership, that church, that nation that is the source and the vehicle for these offenses to come. There was a saying. It was said, been preserved over the years from Billy Graham. And he was talking about our own country, the United States, which we've declared to be, well, just one of the great countries in the world. And yes, we would rather live here than anywhere else. Most of us would say that, I suppose. But Billy Graham once said of America, if God does not judge America, he will have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. No doubt there is truth to that when you think of what our laws have been designed to protect, how they allow, how they permit, how they omit the things that go so strongly against the biblical truths. No, I'm not going to go down through a list of them. You you have your list and basically I'm sure I agree with most everything that's on your list. But I love what Solomon wrote as described in Proverbs chapter 14. You have it on your PowerPoint, verse 34, the King James Version, that righteousness, say it with me, it exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. It doesn't matter which country you live in. It doesn't matter which state, which Uh, county, which city, which neighborhood you live in, sin is sin, and it's a reproach to anybody. Jude, before this chapter eclipses, he begins to talk about, as he did in the verse 1, that he was writing to this community of believers and asking them, encouraging them to contend for the faith. In verses 20 and 21, he begins to describe 
the need for spiritual survival. He said, Beloved, building up yourself on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. If you want a description, if you need a description or looking for an explanation from the Scripture of one of the great things that is a guideline for survival in this world to make it to the next world, you have it right here. Praying in faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Keeping yourself in the love of God. Looking, depending upon the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ until the day that the Lord returns. I would like to read in my final scriptures here today something that is so important, and that's a strategy. Everybody likes strategy. Sister Millie and the Chiefs will have a strategy for the game tonight, uh, and uh, I'm sure Sister Millie's team was going to win out as well, by the way, just to make her feel good and to feel good with her. The fact is, there is a spiritual strategy. Verses 22 and verse 23. Here's a spiritual strategy that is given by Jude. And of some having compassion, making a difference. Others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now then, I want to point out the strategy that is here. This is important. This says it to you. It's a strategy for your life. First, the scripture says, have compassion or to be merciful. Next, the scripture says, make a difference by rescuing people. Next, to watch. What in the world does that mean? It means that we are not to lower our standards of spiritual holiness in our life. Again, be merciful. Rescue. To watch. That is, not to lower our standards. And the verse that emphasizes, the two verses that emphasize this strategy, have compassion, making a difference, saving others with fear, pulling, rescuing them out of the fire, and yes, to watch, hating even the garments spotted by the flesh that sin will do even the little sins, the big sin, it doesn't matter. Hating them, running from them, not being a part of them, or a part of the offenses that is going to be here in this world. There was a pastor by the name of Bob Gray, I believe he actually still lives. He was pastor of one of the large Assembly of God churches in uh, Oak Park, Illinois. Bob Gray had this little saying. He said it to his congregation many years. He said, there's something I want to tell you. Knees down and chin up. Knees down, chin up. 
and he based it on the scripture in the 24th and the 25th verse of Jude. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion, power for now and forever. Yes, indeed. Knees down, chin up in this world that we live in. There is a strategy for us to have and there is a place that we need to avoid in this world. But there is also something that we understand that we are serving a wise God. He's our Savior. He alone is you all the glory and the majesty. All the dominion and the power now and forever to God be the glory. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, as we come to the closing of this service today, we want to be people that will fall into this category of contending for the faith, that we'll be there rescuing people that have lost out from the fire, that we'll be there watching and going forth so that our garments of righteousness will remain unspotted from the world, so that in the end that we can be with all those that have kept the faith, followed the promises, and, Lord, extended their compassion to a lost and dying world. Father, today, in the name of Jesus, we have prayed this prayer. And now then, if the congregation will stand with me, if there is anyone here this morning that you feel that need of coming to this altar, whether it be at kneeling or whether it be standing, whether you want to remain where you're standing, I, it doesn't matter to me. What matters is your heart with the Lord. If you need the Lord in your heart, in your life, in any way, this morning, while we have a few minutes left in this morning, this a.m. period of time, not that you can't do it at another time, but now is the time that is being offered. I want you to give your heart. Ask the Lord to strengthen you in whatever way you need to be strengthened. Oh, Lord God, help us all here today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray with each man and woman in this building today. I thank you, Lord, that we are able to come together. Lord, if there is any need in any life, I pray, God, right now as we're praying that they're praying and that you will give them strength and you'll give them courage and you'll give them hope and you'll give them the understanding that placing their hand in your hand is the only thing that truly matters as we live in this life of sinfulness, as we live in this world of non-trust, and as we live in the world of offenses being had and given to many that are so unaware. Help us to be aware, O oh Lord. 
Father, right now in the name of Jesus, we pray your blessings upon everyone. God, direct us in this day. Give us the guidance that we need in this day. Lord, we want to be that child of God that serves you and lifts up the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus, I have prayed. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank God. Thank God for this goodness here this morning. Praise the Lord.